Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS Marketing Agency, 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with conversion copywriter, Laura Lopich. Hope you enjoy it. Laura Lopich, uh, conversion copywriter, email conversion copywriter. Welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Great. Okay. So um, tell me about, first of all, how you got started in um, copywriting and uh, you know how that relates to, to SaaS, because as I understand it, you do uh, quite a lot of work with SaaS companies. Yeah, so I got started um, because of my former life in a former career. I was a litigation paralegal and I hated making phone calls. Um, I would put phone calls off for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that was a, actually a big problem for my job because I had to do a lot of scheduling and I had to persuade a lot of people that we were working with on the cases that they actually did want to work with us because nobody wants to, you know, get a phone call from a lawyer and actually have to work with them. Um, that's usually someone's like worst nightmare. And so I had to, um, I had to kind of like facilitate these meetings and make sure that they got on the books and scheduled. And I hated the phone. So I ended up doing a lot of these things by email, persuading people to hunt down documents um, that would help defend their case or make time in their busy schedule when, like for example, like a doctor, he's already jam packed for the day, but we need him to testify. And can he please clear an hour for us in his already jam packed day? So I was doing a lot of these things by email. And I realized that um, I got pretty good at persuading people to do stuff. It sounds kind of salesy, <laughs> easy to persuade people to do stuff that they didn't really want to do, but it was actually in their best interest. And I could do it by email. And so when I left the law firm about four years ago, I, um, I decided to use that, that skill I'd honed over the past eight years working at the law firm and make it into an actual business because I, I love email, first of all. And um, I think it's like one of the, the last remnants of old-fashioned letter writing that we still have in today's world where you can connect in a very personal way with people. And it feels like it's one-on-one -on -one if you do it right. Um, but you can do it at scale, which is the beautiful thing, uh, especially in, you know, when you're selling things. And so... Um, so really, I, I started my business and I launched it and I, and I used actually only cold emails um, to market my services. I didn't want to use my network of attorneys. I didn't want to use ads. I didn't have the budget for ads, frankly. Mm -hmm. And so I used cold outreach emails to launch my business. And about four months later, my business had grown like 1,400%. <laughs> and I'd signed a $20,000 client. And I realized that 
cold emails really do work quite well, like phenomenally well, if you do them right. And I realized like a lot of people are doing them wrong, which is really sad because cold emails can, can work wonders, right? But, and you can grow your business so much using them. And there's so many people out there who need your business, who need your SaaS company, and you can help solve their problems if you can figure out how to tame that like crazy wild beast of cold emails. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It, it's always a dilemma, isn't it, with with cold outreach because, um, you know, it's like with a lot of marketing tactics that uh, if somebody's tried it before and it hasn't worked for them, they just write it off. Oh, we, we tried cold outreach. Oh, we tried ads. Yeah, that stuff just doesn't work. Uh, and for you to actually then go back to them and say, yeah, but maybe you didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so, you know, I, I'm wondering, uh, you don't have to name names, but the type of SaaS businesses that, that you've worked for and some of the results that you've seen and have you ever been in that situation where they've said to you, yeah, we just don't need it. Um, cold outreach has never worked for us. You know, uh, a lot of companies that I work with are B2B companies, um, even in the SaaS, like underneath a SaaS umbrella. Um, that works really well as opposed to B2C because they're, yeah. they're more like they fall under the umbrella of like sales emails when you get right to the, mm. the cold outreach for the B2C. Mm. And um, I've, I've gotten some really awesome results for my clients. One client saw a 30% uplift in positive replies after working with me. And um, another client, his positive reply rate went from about 4% up to 20%. And so really like, I would encourage your listeners to think about like cold emails are the, the first step in a relationship with this person that you're trying to reach your recipient. Mm. It's, it's not like the one and done Britney Spears, Las Vegas wedding um, <laughs> where you're like, Oh my gosh, you're hot. Let's go around the corner and get married. <laughs> that will never work <laughs> in cold emails. But to take that dating metaphor, if you, if you see cold email as like the first step of, hey, there's, a, there's an attractive person at the bar and I'm going to go up and see, maybe I could buy her a drink. Like that's your cold email. It's just like a step in the right direction. You yeah. still have to, still have to like woo her and close the sale and get her all the way to the finish line, that altar, right? And that doesn't always happen. In fact, I've never seen it happen in the first email. Definitely not. Yeah. So do you think there's some impatience from SaaS founders and marketers with trying to do too much with that, with that, with a first cold email and not seeing it as just the first touch in, in maybe a dozen touches? Yes, totally. I do see that because um, I think it's probably because of like the Facebook ads marketing mentality mm. and email doesn't work that same way. Email is more of a relationship where you're getting to know someone and you're seeing if you're a good fit for them in their life and if they should be in your life too. Mm. Um, 
And it's also a really good spot, especially if you're in the early stages of, you know, launching your company. It's a really good time to start talking to your customers and seeing it as almost like testing grounds. Um, yeah, try like and get someone, some yeah. product market validation. Exactly, exactly. Like if someone says no, then that leaves the door open for you to say, okay, that's cool. Like, I respect that. Can you explain why this isn't a good fit for you? And then you get some insight into how their mind's working and what hesitations or roadblocks they're coming up against. And then you can use that in your next cold email or in your next sales call or in your marketing somewhere else. It's all part of the bigger picture. Voice of customer data type yes. thing. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. That voice of customer data will help you write your copy. And you can use it for your cold emails too. It'll yeah. So mind read. What, uh, what, what common mistakes do you see as mere mortals, uh, <laughs> SaaS founders and marketers making with, with our emails in, in terms of, you know, failure? <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Cold emails are hard. Um, I would say not being relevant to your email recipient is definitely the number one mistake I see across the board um, for any industry. And what I mean by that is um, you have to answer the question that's going through your reader's mind, which is what's in it for me. And you have to help them answer that question. It's a universal question. Like, Everybody thinks that if my husband asked me to cook dinner that night, I'm thinking, well, what's in it for me? If, you know, <laughs> your wife asked you to go visit her parents, you're thinking, what's in it for me? Like, why should I do it? It'll keep her happy. Okay, I'll go do it, right? So it's a universal question, but you have to help them answer that question um, for your recipient. And so help them see not necessarily how you benefit them but how you could make their life better. And then if you can tie, tie your, you know, your, your product, your SaaS to one of their main drivers, which usually is one of the three of, um, I wanna make more money, I wanna save more money, or the third one is I wanna look cool to like my boss or my colleagues. <laughs> So saving time is is not a consideration. Looking cool well, for your boss. It could be. It could be. But you have to also like. You could say like saving time. But what does that yeah. actually mean? Like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean like I save five hours of my week, which translates into like, you know, times that by an estimated hourly rate, and suddenly you have a number of like, mm-hmm. right, so much money, and now suddenly I'm paying attention. <laughs> because you're talking about money and that's how that's that's a quick way to get into your recipient's head of yeah tying it into one of those drivers yeah so so your journey started out because you hated talking to people on the phone you <laughs> yes. found that you had this natural propens- propensity to write uh fantastic uh emails that people would actually open and read and respond to yeah. Uh, and and now, you know, you've made a successful career from from doing it. I mean, that's 
that's fantastic I love that origin story <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um in terms of sort of uh email content headlines or length or the use of emojis or whatever um you know what's what's cool with the kids what what what, what do you find these days works and, and what tends not to work so well I know there are these are generalizations but yeah. I just wondered if there were trends that you'd spotted yeah definitely definitely so one trend I've spotted lately um, is using your recipient's company name as the subject line um, and that does result in good open rates but it also kind of has like the downside effect of like immediately kind of like tipping off your recipient that this could be a cold email. Um, mm. You really, for your cold emails, you wanna make it sound like and feel like you're kind of a colleague of a colleague that's reaching out instead of like a complete and utter stranger from maybe LinkedIn or mm. wherever you got their email. <laughs> <laughs> you, wanna, you wanna cultivate a little bit, bit of that friendliness because people want to do business and buy things from people that they like and when and that means showing a bit of the person behind the company which feels a little scary yeah so for subject lines like there's a couple general rules first for subject lines think of a subject line as it only has one job which is to get opened to have the email get opened. It doesn't have any other function in life other than to have that email get opened because if that email doesn't get opened, then your recipient can't take the action that you need them to take to convert or sign up for the trial or whatever you need them to do. So once you start thinking of your subject line in terms of that, it makes it a lot easier to write a subject line. Um, because it, the, the pressure is kind of released. Yeah. So you do need your subject line to like stand out in the inbox. I like to use kind of unusual punctuation. <laughs> um, so like all caps or um, you could totally use emojis. I've seen a lot of companies start using emojis. AppSumo started using them like four years ago. <laughs> they spearheaded this whole thing. And now everybody's using emojis. So be cognizant of what other emails are maybe ending up in your recipient's inbox mm -hmm. and try to do something different in your subject line. Maybe that's like a really short length or maybe that's a really long length. Maybe it is an emoji. Maybe it's using all caps for a word to help it stand out. Maybe it's using like a colon or a semicolon. Think about like what types of emails, what types of lists they're probably signed up for already and how you can make your email stand out from all those other ones. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I was just thinking, yeah. you know, what does the work process, what does the process of engaging with a new client look like for you? How, how do you get started? So when I start working with a SaaS client, is that your yeah. question? Yeah. 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 So that's a good question. So usually I'm 
I ask a lot of questions because I want to find out um, what they've done. Like, have they done cold emails before? If yes, how did they go? Like, what kind of results did they get? Because based on the results, like good open rates, then I already have a baseline of where to go with the subject lines. Mm -hmm. Good reply rates or good conversion rates, then I have a, an idea of where to go with, you know, the call to action or the next step that they need their recipient to take in that cold email. I also ask a lot of questions about um, going back to that voice of customer data. I ask questions about like what kind of testimonials have they done with cu with customers, what kind of surveys, um, what kind of interviews, do they have transcripts? Because um, I love digging in to that voice of customer data. That lets me mind read <laughs> the customers um, and swipe a lot of their their really juicy copy, like the juicy things that they say and how they view the benefits of your SaaS in their life and how they actually use it because it might be different from what you think that they use it. Um, and then, then we can put all that stuff on the page. So yeah. that's usually the first step. And then usually the second step is like writing and strategy. And the third step is testing, which is actually the fun part because you get to test the hypothesis that you've made um, in your messaging and see if it's it's valid or not and if it's not then you figure out a new strategy and get back to so, work <laughs> so how, how would you go about testing you know say the client has done some outreach before and they have effectively their champion they, they have you know uh, a message and a subject line and content and that's worked and they've got proven results with that would you then create something and, and go up against that and do like an A-B split test or, or how, how would you do it? Yeah, man, you're asking me the hard questions today. <laughs> I'm interested. I'm really interested. That's why. Yeah, I should have drank more coffee before this, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would do A-B tests. I definitely believe in those. And, um, and I like to do micro tests, which means that we're sending out you know, 15 to 20 cents of one particular email draft so that we can, we can get results back pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. say we're, we're sending out like we're ABC testing, mm -hmm. um, you know, three different subject lines. Yeah. And so you can, you can quickly see, even though you're sending to like max 20 people for each email, you can quickly see which one is the winner of those subject lines. And yeah. then, then you get like a baseline of like, oh, this is resonating. Yeah. And you get the added benefit of like not burning your whole list on one not so great subject line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, cool. Mm -hmm. um, and do you find that, you know, you, when you work with a client, it's a, like an ad hoc one-off thing or does it, do you tend to have a, an ongoing relationship? Yeah. In the beginning, there was a lot of ad hoc. Um, but lately it seems like clients really want like an ongoing relationship. They want yeah. someone to come in and manage the campaign and, and keep it going and keep optimizing it and keep it, mm. 
um, kind of just like hand it off and not have to deal with another thing on their to-do list. Um, yeah, that's what I've been finding. So cold email conversion optimization as a service. It's a bit wordy, yeah. but. <laughs> I know, it's kind of a mouthful, yeah. Um, yeah, you should charge a subscription for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, this is, uh, this is just coming from where I'm coming from, which is, I guess, is a more of a, a originally a European perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the UK and in Europe, we're obsessed with privacy, obviously. Uh, well, sort of. Uh, and, you know, obviously here in Canada, we've got um, the equivalent of your CAM spam rules. It's called CASTLE, uh, mm -hmm. which says, you know, pretty much that you just can't send email to whoever you like. You know, what, what, what do you think about that? And what uh, do, you know, your clients say about that? Because with SaaS businesses from Bootstrap up, I mean, most of these businesses get started with no concept other than to reach out and uh, connect with some people, usually through email, and, and, and see if they can get product market fit. And then from there on to scale it accordingly, which at the beginning will probably mean more email. Whereas within the kind of European context, um, you know, it's not only frowned upon, but you know, it's pretty much illegal to do that. And uh, I guess, have you ever had that conversation? You ever worked with European SaaS or ever had any pushback? Um, yeah, what's your view on it? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't had the opportunity to work with a European SaaS. Most of my clients are North American, mm. um, primarily US based. And so I do have to deal a lot with the can spam regulations um, to make sure that the emails are compliant and to make sure that there is like an unsubscribe link at the bottom and your email address, like your like an actual mailing address is in yeah. there. Yeah. And things are, you know, lining up like you're not using like a misleading, like clickbaity kind of subject line, <laughs> like everything makes sense and it and it flows and um yeah, yeah to fit those regulations yeah sure so what do you think the uh future of outreach email is and and you know where's it going with with your business do you do you see that there's any natural extension to what you're doing i see on your website you've got some productized offerings uh perhaps you could tell us a bit more about those yeah definitely so for the future of cold email, I think, I don't think cold email is going away. I no. think, I think that the effectiveness has definitely gone down because of the level of emails that we get in our inbox every day. And that number is expected to rise over the coming years, according to some research. Um, I think it was like a couple years ago, business professionals got like 80 emails a day in their inbox. And that number is expected to rise over the coming years. And I'm sure you see that in your own inbox. Mm. But the good news is, even though cold emails are, you still get a lot of them, the good news is that the bar is set really low. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen this in your own inbox in that you'll get a cold email and it's, it's like, it's horrible. <laughs> like the formatting's off. They say, dear sir, madam at the top. And you're like, I yeah. don't care. 
Yeah, I've seen Nigerian prince emails with yeah. uh, better better yeah. copy. Actually, I was just having a conversation uh, before we uh, jumped on this call with a, a CEO of a SaaS company uh, here in town, uh, and we was, and he was saying about cold outreach, uh, and he was saying, you know, the thing about it is, when you get a good one, when it's so good that you you know you have to read it and you have to respond then you think, yeah, there is still life in outreach. But so many of them are bad. The bar is so low. If, if they were all good, you'd have a real problem. But yeah. so many are just easy to delete. Yes, exactly, exactly. And actually, the secret um, to a good cold email is that you, and it's, it's a secret for a lot of writers, um, we don't actually write from like a blank page. <laughs> hmm. I feel kind of bad like disclosing our like, privately held secret but we write from templates um and we write from frameworks and so i've i've put together uh two different cold emails for your listeners and they can get that at lauralopish.com slash smi and you can great get thank you you're welcome two um cold email templates there and um and you'll get an idea of like what to say, because that's usually the first, the hardest step in writing the email, like, where do you even start? And mm. so that the templates will help you, help you figure out where to start and what to say and, um, and give you like a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. And on your website, you've um, bundled up some, some services or productized some services, I guess, into, yeah. into some offerings. Do you want to tell us about those briefly? Because I know, you know, if anyone's watching this and they're thinking, well, you know, what's next step? Hey, just go along to your website and, and have a look. So yes, yeah, tell us about yes. what you've got on that. Definitely. So on my website, there's a couple different offerings for like um, uh, where I would come in and work on your email campaign, your cold email campaign, um, start to finish. Uh, you could get like a shorter email campaign. I um roughly six emails, I think, total, or you can get like a longer one. And the testing phases differ as well. And for cold emails, testing is super important because that's, that's where we're optimizing and figuring out what's, what's resonating with your recipient and what's working and what's not working. And if something is not working, I go back and, and rewrite the email and we try again and we figure out is this better? Is this closer to the target? So you can work with me in, on, in that kind of capacity. Or if you have a slightly smaller budget, if you've just launched or you're still kind of maybe pre-revenue days, we could work together on a VIP day, which is um, a little bit more intensive, but you do get to skip the waiting list. Um, and we would work together over the course of one day. I only book these on Fridays, by the way, so space is a little bit limited. But um, I would write your emails, do a little bit of that discovery, that voice of customer data, and um, then at the end of the day, you would likely get a, a pretty fleshed out email sequence. You might have to write a couple of the follow-up emails, but it's a really fantastic way to to get something now quickly 
and start getting it out the door and conquer that blank page and that stupid blinking cursor (laughs) and start sending emails. And then you do get like two follow-up sessions with me after where we'll touch base and check in on testing and see what we'd need to do to tweak the emails or readjust or perhaps write another one right then and there. Yeah. Laura, that, that sounds fantastic. Thank you for your time today and, uh, you know, talking to me all about, uh, you know, the, the art of the cold email. Can I call you the queen of the cold email? I, don't know, I sounds- would love that. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks very much for your time. It was great to find out more about what you do and, and how you do it. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Laura. For more info, please visit www.lauralopich.com. For more info about this show and to get our links to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher and YouTube, check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.